It's brought to you today by The Willie Store, your true value hardware store near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, your full-service florist in Colchester and online at Clausen's.com. By Guy's Farm and Yard, your neighborhood community feed, grain, animal, and yard store with locations in Morrisville, Montpelier, Williston, and St. Albans, guysfarmandyard.com. By Grow Compost, compost soils, mulches, and expert gardening advice. They're right here on Route 2 in Moortown. Growcompost.com is their website. By PR Lumber, your local complete lumber store on Route 15 in Walcott. By Menards Agway, your yarn garden and pet place, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Blossom Cottage Florist, top quality flower arrangements and more. And Taste of the North on Route 302 in Barry. Check them online at tasteofthenorth.com. By Linda's Apparel, bursting with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around. Linda's Apparel, Main Street, Virgins. And by Jail Branch Greenhouse, Perennials Annual Soils, and lots more on Route 302 in Barry. And your locally owned Agway store, seeds and feeds, and a whole lot more on Route 2 in Montpelier. Peter Burke is host of the of uh, a great website, thedailygardener.com, and author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening. We welcome on program number three right now, Peter Burke, <laughs> right? I'm hey, Joel. Yes, May down. 12th. Yes, this is the third one. And, um, well, we're not quite ready to give up on the frost. There's still a couple of weeks left. So there um, are are lots of things that you can plant now but um not your tomatoes like you were saying not your peppers not anything that's uh sensitive to the frost i'm waiting for a few places in my garden to dry to dry out otherwise i'll plant rice <laughs> it takes a while for the clay soil to drain but uh, mm-hmm. i'm looking forward i'm looking mm-hmm. forward mm-hmm. well um let's see a couple things of course tomorrow is mother's day case anybody forgot of course a lot of mothers like to spend time in the garden and if you've got a mother you might just volunteer to help her out in the garden and score some points there give her a coupon for a couple hours of free labor um and and that uh, besides of course the garden uh, uh you know you want to give her some flower plants as well but the time she may like that um footnote on uh, parsnips I had a little time we had a call on the, actually the very first show I believe about parsnips and uh, they had uh, 
the fella had uh, branching uh, roots. And um, after I looked up and we talked about some of the other things, it could be over fertility, it could be the the soil wasn't uh, fine. Neither one of those things do seem to be a problem, but apparently there's a nematode that will uh, affect uh, parsnips and the only way to really cure that is to is to move where you plant them make sure you're rotating your crop and so if you're finding you're having those uh, split roots and and um, that kind of thing with your parsnips you need to start moving them around uh, every year to a different place and that's a footnote on the past there Oh, rhubarb. Yes, I brought in the rhubarb lace leather, uh, lace leather for those of you who were interested in that. And this is actually a, um, from uh, Mary Bell, who is a, is a, a well-known uh, food dehydrator um, uh, uh, guru. And this is from her more recent book, uh, uh, Food Drying with an Attitude by Mary Bell. And this was a, a recipe that my wife found and, and has been using, and the kids absolutely love this stuff, and it's a great way to use tons of, of rhubarb. She makes, she usually, mm, uh, what, quadruples this recipe, and the recipe is uh, three, three cups of uh, fresh rhubarb, you know, cut in one-inch pieces, and that's the stem, of course, and then three cups of uh, boiling water. It's a half cup of sugar. Uh, three strawberries, and I think she actually boosts that up a little bit, but uh, they can be fresh or frozen. A tablespoon of a strawberry gelatin, well, basically that's a jello, and we use one from the co-op that's, uh, I believe it's agar-agar, uh, or um, it's, not a, uh, it's not made with gelatin. And then uh, an eighth a teaspoon of ginger. And, and the way you do this is you just uh, boil that... Uh, you boil the stems in the, the water and let it sit for an hour after it start after it's been boiled, and then uh, and that's right until the the rhubarb changes color. So this is uh, uh, eliminates some of the acidity and softens the texture and stuff when you go to puree it. And you drain off that water and uh, you puree the rhubarb in a blender, and we have a food processor that we use in small batches to overtax, overtaxing the blender. And then uh, with a little water or juice, you get the, uh, the rhubarb nice and smooth. And then you, uh, you add your strawberries and uh, the rest of the sugar and all that stuff. And then you get this nice uh, puree. And then of course, it's just like any other layer. You just spread it out on a, on a sheet in your dryer and dry it at, um, it says here 110 to 135 degrees until the leather peels off easily without any wet or sticky spots. And uh, my wife cuts them up into strips and then wraps them up in, uh, in wax paper. And uh, we literally cannot make enough of this stuff and it's really good. So for those of you who are wanted a recipe for strawberry rhubarb leather um it's called uh, she she called it rhubarb lace because it sort of has a lacy texture um when it dries out uh, there it is and i'll have that um, um well i'll have that um online now um just a footnote here and i i forgot to mention this in the beginning um 
the Radio Vermont has been posting uh, the podcast of each one of these shows online. And uh, I've actually gone in and listened to them um, just to see what it was like on the other side to... um, uh, to listen to some of them. And a number of people have told me, uh, over the last year anyway, uh, that, gee, that's really nice. I'd really love to listen, but, you know, I've got something I have to do, or you know, a lot of times I'm outside and I forget, or whatever. If any one of those is a problem for you, you can go on any time you want, day or night, and listen to the podcast and uh, there's also um, a write-up where I uh, describe the program and, and, and give you my uh, give you my um, uh, the a brief description of the, what the program was about. And so, if you want to um, listen at another time, you can now, thanks to the the magic of uh, the computer computers yep, and uh, the internet you have got a caller there yes i'm gonna just say it's a uh, it's a great age in which we live. <laughs> isn't it though and i'm glad old dogs can learn new tricks because i finally figured out a podcast <laughs> and woof, I, I've, yes I've woof. To listen to. very good well at any rate um we neglected to mention the phone lines but of course oh. everybody knows oh, okay that. you want me to give those uh well we'll do it right after we well 244-1777 yeah. mm-hmm. the local same number for all our talk shows yep and uh, toll free eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five there you go N- numbers that are already known by joe and east callis because he's on the line for you <laughs> hey joe hi uh, this is last year i i have a a, a nice uh, asparagus bed that's been producing for about five years uh-huh uh it's given me 30 40 pounds of asparagus a year how, how big is the bed uh it's about 40 feet long double row uh, oh, good, good. It's got it's got fifty fifty uh, crowns in it. Okay. Um, last year, it got severely hit with uh, asparagus beetle. Oh, I and, know it. And a, and a lot of the ferns uh, turn yellow in the middle of the summer. Yeah, yeah. And and didn't really produce a lot of mm-hmm. uh, energy for mm-hmm. the roots. And some of the some of your uh, asparagus came up, and they had a funny little curl at the top, right? Well, at the beginning, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. all the ferns, all the ferns got pretty high, but yeah. they all they all turned brown. They got mm-hmm. eaten by, and mm-hmm. and I, you know, a lot of the organic books tell you, pick hand pick. Well, you, it was just so infested with oh, asparagus beetles last year. You couldn't yeah. you couldn't hand pick them. Yeah. Pick them. Yep. So what what my thought is this spring, mm-hmm. uh, asparagus is starting to come up right now. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of hitting the bed with. Uh, um, with some sort of a thing that'll kill the, the all the grubs and the mm-hmm. asparagus beetles mm-hmm. and yep. the worms and everything, yep. and and do that for a year just just to get control over the bed. Yeah. Uh, you have any recommendations? I'm using yeah. pyrethrin right now. Yeah, I, pyrethrin's okay. Um, I like the spinosad, which is uh, what is it, Captain Jack's dead bug or something? You know, you right? Can, you can get it right at uh, either one of our sponsors. Right. There at right. I, I, that, I have. I have that, mm-hmm. and, and um, I, I have an old bottle of that, and it's, it says uh, for control of asparagus beetle, yep. and it tells you how, how much to use mm-hmm. and how long. Um, the new bottle mm-hmm. doesn't have uh, a recommendation for asparagus and asparagus beetle. 
Well, it's worked well for us. Uh, and um, get ready because it's a three-year process. You're going to have to stay after them and, and spray just exactly according to. And I think it's every two or three weeks you spray Well, them. Well, it, it actually has uh, 60 days between sprays. Oh, good, good. Now... That'd be great, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, can you wait 60 days before spraying again if you've got... Those little critters climbing all over you. Well, if uh, if you want to see my wife grit her teeth, just mention you know the asparagus beetle because she has spent hours picking them and uh, their little larvae, the little gooey, sticky larvae that that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the little black things. <laughs> the little black things. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, it it. it it's just like you, you know, we, we were growing just fine. We have a couple of beds, uh, three foot by 10 foot, and, and then a couple of more four by four beds that we've, we've uh, started to grow them in. And it's, uh, they find them eventually, and it's a, it's a real challenge to, um, you know, to, uh, to keep them down. Of course, you know, the old rules still apply, you know, make sure you cut down your asparagus uh, sure. plants at the end of the year, um, try to keep it clean around there, uh, uh, you know, rough the soil up when you when you add your fertilizer in the bed, um, all those things, all those things that you do diligently and you probably already do what you have yeah, to keep I do. doing. But uh, once you have that infestation, it'll take about three years of pretty you know, pretty steady uh, spraying, and if you use the, whichever one you use, you know, whether it's the spinosad or the pyrethrum, um, and I believe, I'd have to double check, but I think that the um, the neem oils also could be used for for that, but that one I would gonna have to double check. Now, would it would it make sense to be using a combination of them like every other week or something like that? <laughs> Boy, I, I hear I'm, you. I'm, I, ser- I, I'm serious about getting rid of these things. Oh, oh absolutely. I, I, have, and I, I have I have a, a jar. I mean, a bottle of the last year's uh, dead bug in my hands right now, and I'm reading. It says number maximum number of applications per season four. Yeah. Minimum days before waiting before reapplying seven. And then it says minimum days to wait from last application to harvest, 60. Yeah. So does that mean yeah. if I spray them now, I can't harvest any for 60 days? Um, uh, it, it, I mean, I thought uh, this uh, stuff was fairly safe. You could spray something and eat it. And wash it and eat it, right? Right. Now, now something like... Uh, Oh, apples and other fruit and bushberries, cranberries, it's seven days or three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at uh, coal crops one day after after spraying. Mm-hmm. Fruiting crops one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, leafy and dried herbs one day. Leafy okay. vegetables one day. Why is it 60 days after spraying asparagus that you can't eat asparagus? Well, I'm not sure. I but just bear with me for a sec here. First of all, um, once once your asparagus come up, you're going to harvest them, and you're going to do that for what a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. Well, I'm spraying them now. Oh, you're spraying them now. Okay. As they come up, I'm spraying because they're just covered with yeah. with uh, okay. asparagus. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, 
from the best that I understand is that you can wash them, you know, and, and that'll, that's okay. You can use it after you wash them. Uh, but I don't know exactly, so I'm going to have to research that a little bit. Okay. Um, which I'll do, and I'll, uh, unless somebody else knows for sure, they could call in and find out. But it's a great question. We usually start our spraying after we do our harvests, you know. Okay. And, uh. and at that point, you know, 60 days will, you know, it's a lot more than 60 days until next year. So we, sure. just, we just keep up the spraying over, you know, over the summer as they start to grow. Okay. Uh, and that, and that, um, I think that's probably what they're, what they're referring to, you know, but, uh, you know, nobody's going to harvest an asparagus after the first, uh, you know, after your, your crop in the spring. Right. So it's, so, it's, a, it's a moot point, but, you know, like I said, if. So if they're you, assuming you're not spraying them as the spears are coming up. You're waiting until right. they. If you, you finish your harvest, so that's the way I've taken it anyway. That's the way I, I've taken okay. that, what the, that was saying. Um, but if you, yeah, I, th I think, and with the spinosad, I've I use it on a couple other things like uh, for the um, for flea beetles and for um, for the uh, cabbage loopers, cabbage worms there. Instead of BT. Yeah, well, I, sometimes I use the BT. Uh, usually a little bit later, uh, you know, when they start to really form. And uh, now I'm actually trying to use hoop houses more for prevention uh, yeah. to see if that helps uh, because there's there's more than just the cabbage uh, worm that's starting to uh, uh, infect the, uh, right. the coal plants. So, you know, right. it's uh, it's part of what I call the fortress, you know, that you, you try to build around these your precious plants. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> between uh, uh, bugs and bears and and uh, you know all the rest of the stuff that that um, the blights and all the other stuff is it's a real challenge, you know. So I, I guess what I'm going to do is while I'm harvesting to use pyrethrin. Yep. And, and then, wait and wait until after harvest and then use uh, use the dead bug. Cenefed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that would be my suggestion, and that's kind of the way we've dealt with it. Is that uh, you know we we wait for the spinosad. And and it, at the end of three years, it really cuts down the. Oh yeah, by by a long shot. Yeah, yeah. But you even at the end of three years, you're going to have to watch pretty closely. You know. Yeah, it just got away from me last year. There was yeah. just so many. I know it. I know it. It it's such a disappointment. But uh, you know, that's just you know. You learn. That's what you learn. Yeah, and of course, asparagus is the absolute best, <laughs> the best, the best thing, the best festival in the world when it comes right out of the garden. I I couldn't agree with you more. Except that there, there's the, a close second is those fiddleheads uh, um, that uh, yeah. Joel brought in last week were just fantastic. We had them a yeah. couple of days ago and they were great. But yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Asparagus is right on the top of the list. Okay. Hey, thanks a lot. You're very welcome, Joe. Thanks for Bye. the call. Thank you for the call. Yes, indeed. 244-1777 mm -hmm. is the local number. Yeah. 
uh, 877-291-8255 is the toll-free. We'll go to our next caller after these words from uh, some of our fine underwriters. Mother's Day is Sunday. Hi, this is Tiffany at Menard Zagway. Our greenhouses are full of annuals, perennials, veggies, and a great selection of hanging baskets. We also have trees, shrubs, wind chimes, gardening tools, and gift certificates. All perfect Mother's Day gifts. At family-owned and operated, Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place. Open seven days a week, Brooklyn Street, Morrisville. And don't forget to refill that barbecue propane tank for just $12.99. Happy Mother's Day. Get a load of the racks at Linda's Apparel. A tradition of ladies' clothing continues in downtown Virgins at Linda's Apparel and Gifts. Spring is in full bloom with vibrant colors, stylish accessories, sparkling jewelry, and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions around. Soft, eye-catching pastels, effervescent splashes of color, simple to essential, graceful lines and functional comfort. Freshen up what's in your closet for the warmer days ahead at Linda's Apparel, Main Street, Virgins. Hi, this is Lisa from Grow Compost of Vermont. I'm dreaming of peas and radishes, flowers, and fresh tomatoes. Spring has arrived, and Grow Compost is here to nourish your organic garden. Pick some up or call to schedule a delivery today. Contact us to arrange food scrap pickup service for your business or organization. Find us on Route 2 in Moortown or contact us at growcompost.com. Grow Compost, exceptional local soil. It's In the Garden with Peter Burke, and Peter, we have uh, Ellen in Winooski on the line for you. Hi, it's Ellen from Williston, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm calling for the last caller and anybody else that needs to pick asparagus beetles. Yep. I grew up near, well, I don't know, Jolly Green Giant, you know, like, um, grew a lot of vegetables, spinach and stuff, Mm -hmm. but a friend of mine right across the street, his grandfather had this huge asparagus field, and what they would do is they would save all their green bags and onion bags and whatnot. And just systematically go down when they were coming up, and you put them over the top, put your hand down the bottom, and shake them because they're grass, so you're not going to hurt them. And all the beetles kind of fall off, and then you just scoop oh. them up and make sure you shake them in the bottom oh. and keep your hands around them. You know, the bottom of the bag, they're all in the bottom of the bag in the beginning, and then you dump them once you get a couple plants in there, depending upon how many you're gathering. <laughs> but it's not so hard. It's not one by one, and you it's very effective. Oh, I, I like that. I like yeah. that. So let me just see if I understand. You, you use a, a net bag like you would, uh, like an you onion bag. You save your bags. Okay. You save your bags that you accumulate on your farm. Okay. Like all your bags. Okay, bags. And you tip them upside down over the little ferns that are re- emerging. Yeah. And you gather it at the bottom so uh-huh. that they won't go onto the ground. Yeah. And then you give it a little gentle shake, you know, uh-huh. like a heavy wind might, you know, <laughs> nothing sure. too serious, but sure. they knock off into the bag. Okay, so is the is the bag down over the spear, and the spear is like maybe what? Eight? It's, it's covering anything where you see the bugs. Okay, all right. Like you don't have to put it to the base of the plant if they're not there. Okay, yet. all right, all right. So it, it, I guess I'm trying to figure out, is it in the fern stage or is it still in the spear stage? Well, whenever you see them, it oh, works. Okay, whenever you see them. Yeah, so like you if just... you see them when they're first coming up, you can get rid of them. That last caller, he could be doing that. Sure. You know, as as they yeah. emerge, then oh. you you know you know you have a problem, so you oh, get yeah. on it and 
it's yeah. pretty effective. Yeah, well, I, I'm trying to figure out how you how you get that bag down over over it, but um, well, if it's a uh, well, good-sized grain bag. Well, you're talking a full mature farm. That's right. much more difficult. Oh, okay. Then right. you could just do a section of it. You could yeah. just put it over, you know, a certain branch of it that had a lot of them on, mm-hmm. and then you shake them, and then you yep. dispose of the bugs all at once. Yeah, I like that. You don't that. have to do the whole plant, but you do whatever you can to be effective. Sure. Yeah, that's always been kind of a problem the, for my wife is just about it. She's she's about to grab it. It falls. Exactly. And exactly. So, uh, well, that's when you go, especially Japanese beetles. Cause, yeah. Well, all beetles tend to fall to save themselves. It's yeah, true. Right. But, you know, you put something under your bucket of soapy water, for God's sakes, and they'll fall into that, and at least they won't crawl away so fast. Yep. Fly away. Yeah, that's you true. Know? Well, but, I, I mean, I used to get paid a penny... Uh, <laughs> potato beetle when I was a kid, and I made movie money and everything else. <laughs> anyway, enjoy those, uh, all the pests that we have to deal with. Oh, and you I were know. just talking about the coal crops, you know, it's that midge that's coming in. The midge, yes. Thank yeah, you. yeah, yeah, that's the one that people have to worry about. I've been dealing with it by not planting a full row of anything. I'm not doing your square foot gardening anymore. I did that for 30 years, but uh-huh. now that I've got big you know, hundred foot rows. Mm-hmm. I do like a dozen plants here, a dozen plants there, and mm-hmm. just move them around, hoping mm-hmm. they won't be found. They yeah. come in on the wind. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that was uh, one of the things I was referring to was that in a lot of my coal crops, I'm actually planting them in a hoop house, which I used to use just to, uh, mostly just to keep things warm. And so the covering is it a real porous covering? Yeah, it's a, that... the reme, the spun fiber. Yeah, you know, but you don't want it to get hot. You want a really no, no, flimsy one. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you want the thinnest one that that's yeah, available. Yeah. So it's just uh, it's just for protection. It's not for for heat or anything like that. No, it's to keep. It's a bug yeah. barrier. Yeah. So I, I do a whole a whole you know uh, four by four bed. I just put in the the two um, you know PVC pipes, the ten foot PVC pipes. Sure, sure. Now listen, uh-huh. I do them too, but I'm going to let you go so other callers can come in and you can share a whole bunch of other stuff. That was just going to be a quick tip. I'm in the garden. I oh. took a break so I, so I could listen to your show for a little bit and have some lunch. Ellen, have a thank great you. Day. Thank you very much. I have really a appreciate great the call. Day. Enjoy your show. Yeah, great. <laughs> that, thank you so much for calling. That was great. I, I've learned something. There you go. Okay, yeah. Try this yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. And we, uh, Peter, we have Trudy from Braintree on the line for oh, you. Oh, great. Hey, Trudy. Hey. You gave me this answer last year, and I wrote it down, but who knows where it is now. Okay. Uh, I have a new apple tree that I just planted last year. Okay. And you told me what to fertilize it with. Uh-huh. And I can't find the piece of paper I wrote it on. <laughs> like many things in my life. Yeah. Well, uh, two things, you know, is you want to, you want to mulch around your tree. You know, mm-hmm. out... Uh, uh, they say generally to the drip line, you know, which is on a small tree, might only be about a two-foot circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mulch real well on that. And then... Oh, use cedar bark mulch, or...? Uh, you could use a cedar bark mulch, yeah. Or okay. you could you could actually mulch it with a, uh, with a compost, you know, okay. um, and then put your cedar bark mulch over that, tamp it down good. Mm-hmm. And then what you're going to do is uh, every... Mm-hmm, um, I think it's once a month, but I'd have to check the bag. Is uh, is just use a, a general fertilizer, you know, an NPK that's that's fairly even. I think that's uh, five three four for the Progrow. 
Okay. And uh, okay. right on the bag, it'll tell you what to use for your fruits. And, uh, the store girl that I buy doesn't have any information on the bag. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, check the, the website. I have 50-pound uh, bag. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, uh, uh, it's, really, there's no information on that. I don't believe so. I'll have to go look again, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it I'm pretty sure on the back side of it's there, but if not, uh, I'll, I'll look it up here and find out for you. Um. I thought you gave me a name of something specific, but. Yep. That was it. I mean, that's what I use. Anyway, okay. That's the, it's a five, three, five, three, four. It's a general, um, you know, just a, a, a general fertilizer. And that's, uh, that'll be one thing you could also, you would want to check, uh, you know, um, the, uh, uh, um, like a rock powder and that's really good for your fruit trees because that, um, that uh, it has a lot of trace minerals in it, mm -hmm. and that's also a soil conditioner. It's great all the way around. But I put it right on top of your uh, your mulch and let it let it uh, drain in, you know, with the rain and stuff. Okay. And and then um, uh, I of course with my beds I use uh, the the sea kelp meal. Mm -hmm. That's another good one to use. And uh, you want to just check your your pH, you might want to, you might want to uh, add some lime. Okay. And those are, that's pretty general right along, you know, right through. The only exception to that would be something that's, uh, that's acid loving, like your blueberries or your strawberries or something like that. Right between the strawberries and the blue, uh, raspberries and the blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to make a, a swath there where, you know. <laughs> um, and what kind of fruit tree was it again? Uh, it's got three different varieties on the same tree. Oh, yeah, that's fun, isn't it? Apples, hope... apple varieties? Uh, yes, oh, okay. Gala, Macintosh, and Honeycrisp. Oh, that's great, yeah. And now it's budded. If they des it decides to produce apples, should I let it? it first year? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I probably would leave one or two, but just just for the fun of it. Yeah. But you're right. The first year you're supposed to you're supposed to clip those off. Okay. I know it's heartbreaking, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I say leave one or two. You know, just to see, variety to just see to what it's going to taste like. Yeah, to see if you like it. I I put in three um uh, th three uh, uh they're dwarf plants that I got from East Hill. Yeah, this one's supposed to be too. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I did the Honeycrisp, one of the Honeycrisp, and I actually put them right in uh, my my uh, my bed, my raised beds. Oh. And I uh, I just put in a box that was uh, two feet wide and four feet long, and it fits right at the right at the end of of uh, the three rows. Mm -hmm. So I have a a Honeycrisp, and I have one called Pristine, which is really wonderful. It's a it's an early yellow apple. Oh. And uh, I, uh, I've had a lot of fun with that. It's not a good storage one, but it's really a super delicious first one available. You know, it's early. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like a, but anyway. All right. So, yeah, I've written this all down. Okay, good. I'm put and, it in a safe place. And, and you'll call me next year when when uh, <laughs> when you can't find right. it. <laughs> There's nothing worse than a safe place, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Trudy, thanks so much for calling. I appreciate it.
Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Tape, tape it to the refrigerator. <laughs> there you go. That's what, that's what I usually do. <laughs> we are in the garden with Peter Burke, and uh, lines are open. We will take a break now for a number of our uh, fine sponsors, and then we'll be back for part two of okay. uh, today's edition of In the Garden. We sell quite a few of the breeds at the store when we have our chick days in the, in the spring. You put an order in, and you go pick them up. We've taken the grandchildren with us before to pick them out. We have about probably around 15 chickens. Me and my sister take care of all the animals. For introduction to dealing with a farm animal, chickens have got to be one of the best ways to go. They're actually very easy to take care of. Chick days have arrived, so print order forms online and bring them to any guy's farm and yard location, including our newest store in St. Albans. If you think about shopping where you can find everything you need, local foods, beers, wines and cheeses, local produce and breads and groceries, a full hardware department, clothing and footwear that are the best names and quality, the cheapest gas around, and housewares, think no further than the family-owned Willie's Store in downtown Greensboro. Willie's brand spices, meats and seafood, gardening and sugaring supplies. If Willie's doesn't have it, you certainly can get along without it. The Willie's Store across from Caspian Lake in Greensboro. Like them on Facebook. Well, we have an important announcement right now, as uh, it is going to be tomorrow, number one of the uh, three Kate Farm seedling sales, and it's happening right on Mother's Day, so there should be a hint in there for you. Uh, tomorrow, Sunday, May 13th, and then up and coming May 20th and May 27th, Memorial Day. Actually, there's another one, June 3rd, from uh, uh, as well. Uh, each of those days, including tomorrow, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Kate farm and a huge selection of healthy organic vegetable herb and flower starts for your gardens kate farm has been growing for central vermont for 37 years located in east montpelier between route 2 and route 14 on coburn road now if uh, you're from out of the area and wondering about uh, i'm going to get lost no you're not uh, they've got signs everywhere so get yourself there and uh, watch for the signs and if you'd like more information actually go to their great website website katefarm.com kate is spelled c-a-t-e so make it one word katefarm.com family owned and operated always organic always their own plants they don't bring anything from outside no gmos good prices uh they uh, that area the kate farm ha actually has been a farm since 1793 everything that they grow started from seed and uh absolutely uh, top top quality so plan it uh for one of those sundays but if uh, you're looking for a nice uh, how about a gift certificate to the kate farm for mom sunday may 13th tomorrow mother's day 9 a.m until 2 p.m <laughs> You are listening to WDEV News Radio, a network of stations owned and operated by the Radio Vermont Group. 96.1 WDEV FM, Warren and Waitsfield. 96.5 W243 AT Berry. 98.3 W252 CU Montpelier. Along with our founding station, AM550 WDEV Waterbury Montpelier. And online at WDEVradio.com. Thank you, professional announcer. And uh, once again, here's Peter Burke. <laughs> hey, Joel. Um, <laughs> we should have at least one professional announcer. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so that uh, the sale for Kate Farm is just on Sunday. Is that what you were saying? It's just on, uh, well, successive Sundays. Oh, okay. So it is just a Sunday. No, it's not a Saturday. No, oh. no. Oh, okay. So nine until two tomorrow oh. and each of the subsequent Sundays. 
All right. All right. So that that's, ties right in with helping mom out in the garden tomorrow. Um, so the uh, one of the things that um, I have asked, a uh, few people have asked about is a little more detail on the garden planning. And um, the way I approach this is 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 in each bed, there's sort of different sections of beds. And, and I've alluded to this a few times. I have my trellises. And I have 24 trellises up, so I know that, okay, that's all I have, then I have to plan for that. So what I'll do is I'll sit down with um, with all the things that I grow in a trellis and uh, make a list, okay? I do my pickling cucumbers, I do my red cherry tomatoes, my yellow cherry tomatoes, and my sun gold cherry tomatoes. A burpless cucumbers, which uh, the European type or the, you know, that the that are just great. I plant a, a zucchini, a trombone zucchini, and then some yellow squash I plant on a trellis, pole beans, sugar snaps, snow peas, tomatillas, and actually some of my very large, the, the dill plants that I plan to, to let grow to, to as big as I can in order to get the seed heads for, the, for pickling. You know, we like those flowers. We put them right in with our pickles or my deli beans or, you know, any of those things. So I actually like to support those on the trellis because, well, it's sort of a protection because the, the dill seeds, if the heads for some reason or another drop off or fall over or wetter, wherever they fall, there's going to be um, tons of little dill weeds in a sense. Matter of fact, I, I, was, I had to laugh when I was buying a, a package of dill seeds that they actually called it dill weed. <laughs> and uh, so um, anyway, I like growing the, the dill uh, on a trellis as well because uh, it's easier to control uh, control the uh, their growth. And they, they seem to enjoy it quite a bit. So, um, so with that, I know that uh, I want uh, at least one trellis each of those cherry tomatoes. And I plant six cherry tomato plants on each trellis four-foot trellis. It's closer than I would do, uh, you know, a big brandy wine or, um, you know, the uh, beefsteak type. You know, I only plant four on those. But with the cherry tomatoes, you can plant six of them, and they seem to do very well and grow hale and hearty. Um, and so that's, you know, one for the red, one for the yellow, one for the sun gold. So I have, um, you know, uh, um, I have well, one trellis each of those. Mm-hmm. And then my pickling cukes, we really like to pickle the cucumbers and we use them in a lot of things. We also eat pickling cukes uh, fresh. They're, you, when you pick them small, they're, just, they're so delicious. They're wonderful. So I, you know, I'll do uh, three trellises of those. And um, um, have you ever tried that, Joel, is, uh, is to use the pickling cukes for fresh Oh, yes, yes. I've, yeah, yeah. I've picked them because I really haven't done any pickling. My grandparents were just wonderful at doing <laughs> that, and I just feel that I, I would never, never match oh, what, well, what, what they did. We got a, a, a harsh crock, they call it a harsh crock at the co-op, and, and you can get them online, too, and that really makes pickling a lot easier when you when you use something like that. So we, we enjoy the, the pickles, and uh, my wife's quite the expert at it now. And then I'll do uh, two trellises of pole beans. You know, that's uh, 64 seeds, uh, 32 in each one of them. 
and I like to do two of the sugar snap, two of the snow peas. I like the snow peas for cooking. They're really great. The sugar snap salads are just ready, fresh eaten. And then uh, I'll do uh, two trellises of the tomatillas. And then, like I said, the dill. So as I go down through, you know, well, I know I need uh, three trellises for, uh, for the pickling cukes, one for the red cherry, one for the yellow cherry, one for the sun gold cherry tomatoes, uh, two for my burpless cucumbers, one for my zucchini, two for my pole beans, two for the sugar snaps, two for my snow peas, and also two trellises for the tomatillas, and then you know, uh, one or two for, for the large dill. So I add those up. Okay, that's, you know, 22 or something. And uh, then, you know, then I can, when I go to the to the store, you know, to the Agways or Blue Seal or to, to Cape Farm, I have a list of how many I need. I need 24 pickling cubes, six red, six yellow, six uh, sun gold cherry tomatoes. I need... Uh, uh, 16 uh, burpless cucumbers. I need three plants of the trombone zucchini, um, the pole beans, which I'll plant for seeds. I know how many packets that I'll need because they usually have a count how many seeds in them. And then uh, again, at the plant sale, I'll pick up 16 tomatillas and then uh, eight of the large dills. So this really helps me in a very specific way to plan my garden and what I'm going to buy for sets. You know, uh, it, it really does help you both with the, um, you know, the planning of how much you want. Uh, then f at the end of the year, you say, well, you know, there was one year when I planted way too many cucumbers. Um, I, I got a little carried away. And so uh, we cut back. And uh, and the same thing is true with those hoop houses that I do. You know, um, I use the hoop houses in two different ways. One is with a sheet of plastic over it to keep it nice and warm. And then the other is with the remaze to, to prevent the bugs. So I know that I, I uh, plant one hoop house of Japanese eggplants. That's 16 plants in each one of those. Uh, the same thing with the ace peppers, the nice bell peppers that you get. And then my wife really likes cubanella, cubanella peppers, you know, the little bit of hot, like a Hungarian, sometimes they're called Hungarian peppers. And again, 16 of those in a bed. Again, so when I go to the plant sales, I know I want 16 Japanese eggplant, 16 ace peppers, 16 cube, cubanella or something in that, in that style. Also, you know, as, as the, um, uh, as the season goes along, um, I'll, I'll plant a, a Chinese cabbage and a daikon radish in a hoop. So here I'm, I'm giving myself uh, a list of things that I need to, to buy either as sets or as seeds. And uh, this really helps you plan in a very specific way. And then you can use your garden map to, to write out what you're using and what you, you know, what you need to buy. We also do, I do a whole 16, a whole square, you know, a whole four by four bed of basil. Um, and from that one square with the, the hoop over it and the plastic, it keeps it nice and warm. And uh, I can do about 30 cups of uh, pesto from that one bed because it, the, I mean, literally, and this is no joke, literally the, the, the leaf size on of that basil is, covers my whole palm. It's like the size of, I mean, they grow so beautifully. 
and in in the cold where I am, you know, I'm up in Calus, where where if it's going to frost, it's going to frost there. These hoops help to create a sort of a mini climate. So if you have something like peppers that that uh, will flower but don't actually fruit, it means that the nighttime temperatures are getting too cold. So that's why I use the hoop with the sheet of plastic over it. It's, I, w- I want to go back to the pesto. Do you use pine nuts? What do you use? No, I, I, I'm actually a little sensitive to pine nuts, uh, so I use walnuts. And walnuts. I have the, no difference whatsoever, and they're half the price. Of, you exactly. Know. And, and uh, I like them because they're a little softer than almonds, but you could use almonds. Um, but uh, I, I prefer the walnuts myself. So I use the walnuts, and then, uh, of course, I grow a lot of garlic. I use uh, uh, the garlic and then some parsley and uh, the olive oil. And we mix that all up, and um, it's it's just there's nothing like it. And the, the great thing about that, uh, this is what I call a recipe bed. You know, that bed is specifically for pesto. Um, if I wanted to dry some, you know, then uh, I usually can get about a quart or so of dried uh, basil out of that, as well as the 30 cups of, of uh, pesto. Uh, but if I wanted to dry a lot more than that, I'd have to plant more. So you've got, um, you kind of, you got an idea of what you what you want to plant. Same thing for what we call holy basil. I don't know if you ever call it, but it's called Tulsi tea. Maybe you're familiar with that. It's one of my wife's favorite teas, and and we use the um, uh, we like to use that Tulsi uh, along with uh, a chamomile and a peppermint mix, and it makes an incredible tea. Do you ever grow the purple basil? Uh, yeah, I have, um, and uh, I I've got a book over at the uh, the Bridgeside um, uh, bookstore right next door here, and it has it's, it's a book of pesto. And I'm telling you, you just talk about your mouth watering. You Already, read that book, yeah. and and one of the things they do is the purple, purple pesto with the purple, you know, basil. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite as hardy as your regular Genovese, you know, the Italian basil, um, and it's not quite as prolific, but it's certainly beautiful and and well worth it for for a fun fun change. I, I I love doing Italian things, and I finally <laughs> finally it's taken hold the as a perennial the uh, uh, the uh, the Greek oregano. Ironically, oh. if ironically with all the different kinds of oregano, if mm-hmm. you want, you know, if you go to like a New York pizzeria and there's mm-hmm. dried oregano in like a big kind of salt shaker device, which we yep. always sprinkled on our pizza, uh-huh. it actually is what is marketed here in starter plants as Greek oregano. Greek, yeah, right, right. And it's interesting, uh, oh boy, I forget which book I read it in, a recipe book, and they just said, hands down, if you have oregano, dry it, because that's the way the flavor really comes out. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were just at Positive Pie and had the old shaker out doing that. You know, with that's the, the way. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh! Now you got me hungry. Okay, what time well, is it? <laughs> Maybe we should do a sponsor. Maybe we'll see. We'll check and see what's in the refrigerator while we hear from our uh, uh, esteemed underwriters. And I, I'm not at all facetious. Without these wonderful people Absolutely. that supply us uh, for our gardening needs and in, uh, in all cases all year round with a, a variety of uh, things that we need and depend on uh, these local businesses. Friends you trust, people you know. 
Where do you find beautiful locally grown plants? At Montpelier Agway, of course. Their nursery is full of locally grown annuals, perennials, vegetables, herbs, and hanging baskets. Get three inch perennials, six for $22. Six pack annuals, six for $18. And four inch annuals, six for $30. They also have a large selection of three gallon blueberries, just $39.99. Montpelier Agway, locally owned. Route 2, Montpelier. PR Lumber Route 15 Walkett has lumber for all your needs. Spruce, pine, hemlock, and cedar. Available in stock and ready to build with. We sell both rough and plain lumber. PR Lumber has shiplap, square edge, tie and groove, V groove, and tuba six V groove. Five quarter decking is available in cedar and tamarack. Live edge pine planks for custom projects. Bark mulch by the yard. PR Lumber 472 6636. Weekdays 7 to 4 30 and Saturdays 8 to noon. That's 472-6636. This Mother's Day, honor mom with all of the beauty and grace she deserves. Have flowers delivered to her home or office from Blossom Cottage Florist. Fresh, fragrant, beautiful arrangements filled with mom's favorite flowers and sure to make her smile. This Mother's Day, indulge the most important woman in your life with flowers from Blossom Cottage. Call 802 622-8300 or order online blossomcottageflorist.com Well, I don't know about online uh, with Mother's Day tomorrow. We're at the 11th hour. They're right on Route 302 in Barry, so head in that direction and uh, Mom will be thrilled. Absolutely. It's in the garden with uh, Peter Burke. Our numbers are 244-1777 uh, The 802 number, local number, the toll-free is 877 877- Two nine one eight two five five eight two five five spells talk. If uh, you dial that way, and uh, and uh, Peter, it's uh, definitely uh, in the garden time because we're 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 checking in uh, with Laura from Robert Frost Country once oh, again. Down oh, great! County. Great. Okay, just yeah. let's start with my name. Okay, it's N O L A. Nola. Yes, as in do, re, mi, fa, so, ti, do, okay. no, la. I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. We got it right now. I didn't build an ark, okay? And my name's not Nora. Okay. But anyway, um, just sort of still in a state of shock that I'm actually calling you guys. Um, I know we all had a long winter. It was especially long here in Ripton. And uh, I got going in my greenhouse on March 1st, and... Four days later, we got a massive storm here. <laughs> yeah. And it was just a slap in the face. And I thought, no, no one's going to stop me. No, 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 no. And kept planting, um, not no heat on, still going real slow and steady. And another massive storm at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Finally put the heat on, and the guys were all, hey, we can grow. It's okay. We can do it. And now, on May 12th, 11th, that building is so full, mm-hmm. they're fighting for space. Plants mm-hmm. are absolutely, positively amazing. Yep. And the canopy above our heads is covered with a lacy cover of red and green blossoms. And so if you can tolerate um, Robert Frost's poem, A Prayer in Spring, I'd love to share it again. Prayer in Spring. Yeah. Okay. So this is what it goes. Mm-hmm. Oh, give us pleasure in the flowers today and give us not to think so far away as to the uncertain harvest. Please keep us dear, all simply in the springing of the year. And give us pleasure in the orchard white, like nothing else by day, like ghosts by night. 
and make us happy in the happy bees, the swarm dilating round the perfect trees, and make us happy in the darting bird that suddenly above the bees is heard, the meteor thrust in with needle bill, and off the blossom in midair stand still. For this is love, and nothing else is love, the which it is reserved for God above to sanctify to what far ends he will, but which it only needs that we fulfill. <laughs> Thank you, Robert Frost. Thank you, Nola. It's it's spring. It's spring, and we're we're just you know all mm -hmm. kind of getting used to the concept of mm -hmm. maybe we can dig dirt outside. <laughs> it's very exciting, and I'll just give one tiny plant thing, and I'll get out of your hair. Okay. So when November came this year, usually the last thing I do in the greenhouse is pull everything out, dig the beds, yada yada yada. But I had some eye issues going on, and all the doctors were like, "No, no, you can't do that." I have to just leave it alone. And I, I didn't completely listen, but I tried to listen. And so in the midst of that, I had about about 18 little tiny inch-tall cabbage starts sprinkled around the greenhouse. Yeah. And the heat was off now. This was it, done, mm -hmm. finished. And I thought for sure when February came, I'd be pulling them out, dumping them. Mm-hmm. They're huge. Yeah, yeah. And they're beginning to make heads. Yeah. Plants are incredible. They are incredible. And that's one of my favorites uh, is uh, planting uh, my spring uh, spinach in October. Yes. And I, I plant it. Every bed that I pull my garlic from, I start planting, you know, I, I plant my uh, uh, spinach in. And any bed that I can see that's empty, I plant spinach in. Because that spring spinach is some of the best you'll ever eat. It's uh, it's sweet and thick and meaty leaves. And no bug problems. No bug problems at all. Yeah. And a plus, the, one of my favorite photos that I've posted a few times is the one of uh, the about an inch of snow on one of my beds with these little little spinach plants poking up through the snow, in you know in exactly a pattern of nine per square. And it's it's such a cute little picture that. And, and so encouraging at that so time of year. So encouraging. Mm -hmm. If they can do it, we can too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I've bothered you enough today. I'll give you another poem <laughs> soon. Okay. But maybe well, we'll some look forward to questions, it. But I'm not ready to complain about anything. <laughs> it's just because what? You're just too good to be true. There you go. Yeah, so take care, you guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. <laughs> the good word from Robert Frost Indeed. and Nola. Thank you very much. My class at Middlebury was the last class in which Robert Frost uh, gave uh, a lecture at uh, part of the inauguration of the incoming freshman Oh, class. aren't you lucky. Yeah, yeah that must have been, it must be a great memory. Yep, indeed. Yeah, well, uh, we will, let's go back to uh, planting the garden, I guess. Um, I've sort of lost my, my place where I was. Uh, I think we were talking about, of course, we were talking about pesto, and that, that was enough to set me off. Well, I think we're going to still lose your place because we always push the listener to the forefront. And I do believe, uh, unless it's the Bunko Squad shutting us down, we have a caller on the line. Good, uh, good afternoon. Your first name in town? Uh, good afternoon. My first name is Alan, and I'm in Hampton, New York, which is just across the border. Okay, great. Uh, my question is this. The, uh, uh, a year or so ago, I happened to be down in uh, 
Massachusetts, and I saw these small ponds down there in which they were growing uh, cranberries. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I wondered, because I know a lot of farms up here in uh, Vermont and New York uh, have uh, ponds. Uh, they use them for water supply in case of fires and things like that. But I, I wondered if cranberries would survive or do well up here in, in our areas. There's no reason that cranberries can't be grown here. Uh, we were just in Prince Edward Island uh, last summer, and the the blueberries and the cranberries are are just uh, there's fields and fields of them out there, and it's sort of what would you say? Um, it, it's it's uh, it's surprising how how simple they are there's not really you look out over them and and unless you go up real close you, it's hard to even see that they're cranberries there or in that fact uh, blueberries right. there well but uh, there's no I, reason uh, i didn't get to examine the uh, ponds closely that i saw the cranberries in so i didn't get a chance to look at them but it, it looked as though it was a very simple operation uh how how do they uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure how you start this type of operation. Well, from what I've observed, and I've never grown them, so I, I can't really say for sure, but mm -hmm. um, they sort of are like the rice uh, fields, the paddies. The, they're, they're surrounded with dikes, and um, I believe that the, they're really flooded uh, not all the time. Okay, that they're flooded more for harvest than they are, oh. f and for irrigation than okay. they are for a constant. It's not like wild rice. Wild rice needs standing water to grow in, yeah. And and rice, you know, needs uh, standing water to grow in. So those are irrigated and flooded on a regular basis. But the the cranberries, from what I understand. And uh, if somebody knows, then, then you can correct me. But from what I understand, they use the, the, those dikes and stuff more for just irrigation and for, for harvest. And that they grow pretty much uh, like a blueberry would. Well, suppose there's no dike. In other words, suppose the pond is, mm -hmm. is a, a dug. Oh, that pond is going to be too deep. And there's, uh, yeah. uh, it, it's just a runoff of... Uh, the uh, neighboring fields, um, uh -huh. so that there is no, there's a standard pretty much elevation of water. Right. Uh, again, from what I understand, standing water like that will be too deep for, uh, for cranberries. But again, I, I, you know, I don't know enough about them to to really say for sure. But that's okay. my understanding. That's what I observed up there and in a few other places where I've seen the cranberries growing, is uh -huh. the, that they're they're not. You, like rice are not really in standing water so much. Okay. They don't, they don't. All right. Whereas a rice, you know, uh, the rice from uh, uh, like a wild rice, you know, there'll they'll be a five or six foot stem that goes from the from the bottom of the pond. All bottom the up. Yeah. yeah. I happen to have a small uh, pond uh, that was, uh, but it varies in, in depth from maybe five feet in the center to... Uh, well, it gradually works. It uh, 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 extends mm -hmm. uh, up to about a foot around the edges, sure. and uh, uh, so I didn't know whether that might uh, make a uh, possible uh, potential 
cranberry bog. I think it's too deep. Um, but uh, just like your cattails grow, you know, in a pond, but they're only yeah. around the edges where it's only a right. foot or so deep. And I think the right. same thing is that it needs to be close enough uh, to the um, to the the top of the, the water level that they can they can shoot up and and uh, get up okay. to the sun quick enough. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, sure. Well, if you end up growing cranberries, let me know. I'll do that. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Alan. Thank you very much for your call. Uh, we are in the final moment or so of the of uh, Peter's program in the garden. We'll oh have gosh. a final word from our final sponsor, and this is Clausen's <laughs> Greenhouse in my neck of the woods. And let me tell you, uh, if you're in Chittenden County and still looking for that beautiful hanging basket for the mom in your life, Clausen's the place to go. Clausen's is celebrating spring with Clausen grown annuals, perennials, vegetables, and herbs. At Clausen's, you'll find festive plants, seeds, colorful pottery, unique gifts and novelty items, as well as fabulous new garden accents and a full-service flower shop. Print out your weekly coupons from Clausen's online at Clausen's.com. Spring is here at Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, 187 Main Street, Colchester. Open seven days a week. Think spring. Lawson's. Pick up the beautiful flowers or hanging basket flowers for mom on Sunday. And then on Monday, clip that mega Monday coupon that uh, Chris puts in uh, uh, on his website, Clausen's.com, and uh, you get some really great uh, bargains. Well, now some uh, final words on this edition of In the Garden with Peter. Well, my final word is where did the time go? I can't believe it's been an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I never got a chance to talk about succession gardening. So um, if you uh, have any questions about succession planting, um, make sure you uh, uh, write them down and, and let us know about them next week. We'll, we'll dig into that. We're going to have to talk a little bit about uh, planting sets because it's just about that time to, to plant out. And um, then uh, if you have any questions about what we were talking about, we're planning the garden, write those down and let me know next week. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week yep. in the garden. In the Garden with Peter Burke, brought to you by the Willie Store, your true value hardware store right there near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By Guy's Farm and Yard, your neighborhood community feed, grain, animal, and yard store. Locations in Morrisville, Montpelier, St. Albans, and Williston. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. By Grow Compost. Soils, mulches, compost, of course, and expert gardening advice on Route 2 in Moortown, just down the road from WDEV, growcompost.com. By PR Lumber, your complete local lumber store on Route 15 in Walkett. By the good folks at Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm, your full-service florist with over 40 greenhouses in Colchester. PR Lumber, your local lumber store, Route 15 in Wolcott. Menards Agway, your yard, garden, and pet place, Brooklyn Street, Morrisville. 
Blossom Cottage Florist, top quality flower arrangements for mom and of course for everybody in your life. Also Taste of the North. They are on Route 302 in Barrie, online at tasteofthenorth.com. By Linda's Apparel, bursting with vibrant colors and stylish accessories and the most captivating collections of ladies' fashions. Main Street, Virgins. By Jail Branch Greenhouse, perennials, annual soils, and terrific selection throughout. They're on Route 302 in Barrie. And your locally owned Agway store, seeds and feeds and a whole lot more, Route 2 in Montpelier. Be sure to join us each Saturday at 1230 during the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Provide.